I am a big Pokemon fan. Uh, I have been since I was pretty young and just recently sort of recaptured the magic and started playing some of the games again and, uh, and really embraced that. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you've heard me talk about embracing who you are, embracing the moment, where you're at. Uh, so often we fight against who we are, what we really believe, what we want out of life because we think people will judge us or that we'll come across in a particular way that we don't like. But uh, that's not the point of this episode today. The point of this episode is a little weirder. So with Pokemon, I recently became aware of something called a Nuzlocke. So a Nuzlocke is a particular way that you play the Pokemon games. It's a self-imposed set of rules. So you're not just constrained by the design of the game and the rules that were put into the game itself, but you self-impose additional rules uh, onto your uh, run through the game. And uh, one of the core uh, uh, features of a Nuzlocke is that you have to nickname all of the Pokemon that you catch. Now, I assume you're at least a little bit familiar with Pokemon, but if you're not, you're a trainer in this world and you run around catching Pokemon, which are these little creatures. And, you know, some of them are, are fierce looking, some are cute and cuddly looking, some are just interesting looking. And when you catch them in a Nuzlocke, you have to give them a nickname. Now the reason, stick with me here, stay with me, there's a point, I promise, and it's good. The reason that you have to nickname your Pokemon in a Nuzlocke run is so that you'll develop greater attachment to those Pokemon. It might sound a little bit weird, but human psychology is such that I have found that this actually works. And so in my playing Pokemon and having to give these nicknames to all of my Pokemon and sort of knowing that the chances are, uh, oh, I didn't mention, this is the most important part. I didn't mention this. So you have to nickname all your Pokemon. And then one of the self-imposed rules is that if a Pokemon ever faints, uh, that is if their uh, health points or hit points ever go down to zero, where in the game you would normally be able to take them to a Poke Center, which is like a Pokemon hospital, and you'd be able to patch them up um, and they'd be good to go. Their HP would be restored. In a Nuzlocke, if your Pokemon faints, its HP reaches zero, then you have to treat that Pokemon as if it has died and you can never use it again. You have to release it into the wild so that it's gone forever. And so the reason, uh, this is the important part of nicknaming your Pokemon, the uh, reason for nicknaming is to develop that attachment so that you will play the game in a different way. You don't want your Pokemon to faint because if they do, then they're gone forever. Okay, so I'm playing this Nuzlocke and I get one of my favorite Pokemon in the, in the first generation, the first game, which is a Meowth. I get a Meowth and I go to start leveling this Meowth up. So I need to fight some battles and uh, I start fighting some battles and I'm not paying attention. And I nicknamed my Meowth Neckle Cat, 
because uh, Neko means cat in, in Japanese. So I guess that's a little bit redundant, Neko cat. But, and, uh, or Neko-chan. That's what I named it. Sorry, I've already forgotten. I, I, I nicknamed this Meowth Neko-chan. Some of you like just stumbled on this podcast and you're like, what am I listening to right now? Well, stay with me. Bear with me here. And so uh, I named this Pokemon Neko-chan. And so Neko is cat in Japanese, and Chan is something that you add to somebody's name. It's a, it's a, it's like an endearing uh, sort of phrase that you add to somebody's name, or an endearing ending to to someone's name. So this was like beloved cat, like that would be the name, <laughs> like that would be my translation of Neko Chan uh, in Japanese. And if you speak Spanish, you know they often do this with Ita and Ito, and they'll add it to the end, and it's an endearing an endearing term. So I go out and I'm trying to level with Neko-chan <laughs> and Neko-chan dies. Ah! Neko-chan's uh, HP goes down to zero and I have to say goodbye to Neko-chan forever. And it was painful. It was so sad. Why am I telling you about this? Is this just a podcast where I come on here and babble? Yeah, sort of, kind of. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I hope not. The point of this podcast is to drop inspiration and motivation, life hacks, things that are going to improve your life and help you get to the next level in your life, whatever that may be for you. So here's what I found and here's the takeaway. I treated something differently, in this case a Pokemon game, due to self-imposed rules. When we put self-imposed rules on ourselves, we get different results. And it's a pretty amazing thing because I'm playing the same game with the same hard-coded set of rules, the same programmed set of rules. The game has not changed, but the way that I'm playing it has. You got to hear what I'm saying right now. The game didn't change the way I'm playing it. That's what changed. So some of you have goals, you have dreams, you have aspirations, you have things that you want to develop in your life, okay? And you're finding that hard to do. Maybe the rules of the game of life are somewhat stacked against you or they're not working well for you right now. What if you set some of your own self-imposed rules on yourself to get a different result, to get a different outcome. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here, okay? We sometimes need to set goals for ourselves where there are none, boundaries where there are none. And I'll give you an example of this. So in my online network marketing business, my wife and I, we self-imposed some uh, rules on ourselves. We self-imposed that we're going to talk to or text 200 leads every single day. 200 people who filled out a form online and said, I'm looking for ways to make money online. We set that. That's a self-imposed rule. You see, nothing outside of ourselves says that we have to do uh, this, that we have to text 200 people. In fact, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to text anybody. This is our business and the the income that we develop is, is completely related to how hard we work. Here's another thing you can do. You can set self-imposed deadlines on yourself. 
And I know that again, it sounds kind of weird, but it, it really is a brain hack that when you set a sort of deadline for something that doesn't really have a deadline, or you set an earlier deadline for something than the actual deadline, there is some sort of motivating factor there. And so think about something that you need done, say in a week. What if you set a deadline to have that thing done tomorrow or two days from now? You see, we do this in our network marketing business and we teach this and it's become a part of our culture. We call it closeout. Toward the end of the month, we have a huge push. We're like, hey, we are going to get as much business on the books as possible toward this, you know, end of this month, before the end of the month. And so we're grinding and we're working really hard at the end of the month to follow up with everybody we've talked to, to see if they're interested in the business or the products that we market. That is totally self-imposed. Another thing that I did with workouts is just setting a very simple goal just saying I'm going to work out at least 30 minutes every other day and it's it's doesn't sound like much it's not much but when you think about how there's some sort of motivation to setting a goal and the way that I'm now going about my fitness goals is different you see a lot of people with their goals they just say this is what I want and then they never really set out a plan for how they're going to get it And so the way that they're playing that goal is to have this dream in their head of what they want, but no plan, no, um, you know, nothing detailed that has been laid out for how they're going to get there. And so by changing the way that you're doing things, you can often get a different result, a different outcome. You can also do this with your attitude. I mean, I'm telling you this last school year, uh, I'm a high school teacher this last school year, I had a totally different attitude and outlook. And it's because of some things that I learned last summer, almost a year ago. And one of those things that I learned and that I embraced is that it's not about me. What people say, what people do, what people believe about me really has nothing to do with me at all. And this is a whole other podcast. I've done podcasts on it. You can go back and look, especially look for my series on the four agreements. But I'm telling you, with that attitude in mind, I have been performing very differently at my job this year because I changed my attitude. And that's something that's self-imposed. You know, we do, we lay, we self-impose, we overlay an attitude on things. And it's not a part of life. It's not a part of the game. It's not hard-coded. The way that you go about things is your choice. I see some people going around in misery. And the weird thing is, I know some people that it's kind of like they derive pleasure from that misery, from being the martyr, from being a victim all the time. I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of that. This happened to me. That happened to me, right? This, this is the uh, victim mentality. But it doesn't have to be that way. What if you imposed your own rules, your own attitudes, your own beliefs? What if you could get a different result simply by believing something different or doing something different or in a new way? I'm playing these old Pokemon games and I'm getting a totally different experience because I'm playing with a new set of rules. 
It's a set of rules that I have put in place. I don't have to follow them. Nobody's holding me accountable. Like it might be a good idea to get an accountability partner. Somebody to hold you accountable to your goals. The things that you've said you want out of life. That may be a good idea. But I am also wondering if you set a goal that's really meaningful to you and you self-impose rules that are meaningful to you, that have real value to you, will you really need an accountability partner? Nobody is forcing me to play a Pokemon Nuzlocke. I'm doing it because it's fun, because I'm enjoying it. And I feel like that's where we have to get with our goals. And that's what I want for you. I want you to get to a place with your goals where you love what you're doing. You love the set of rules that you have self-imposed on yourself. So I always tell folks, take this, evaluate it. If it helps you, use it. If it doesn't, toss it, okay? If this rings true for you and resonates with you, seems like something you could try that could be valuable, please use it. If you feel like it would derail you, then throw it away. Just like forget I ever said anything because this advice is intended to help you. And obviously if it's not doing that, if it's hindering you in some way, you shouldn't listen to it, okay? But as always, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your success. I thank you so much for listening. If you like the content I'm dropping here on the Dude Fuel podcast, I would ask that you would kindly subscribe. I'm dropping new content inspiration, motivation, uh, things to help you get to that next level life every single day here in 2019. So I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast. Also, you can check out the Dude Fuel blog at dudefuel.com. I'm Cody Ray Miller. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow.